1: What's going on, Dodgers Nation? It's time again for another iteration of the DN Roundtable, brought to you by a bunch of idiots, because that's what we are, that's what we do. That guy over there, Clint Pasillas, host of the Blue Heaven Podcast, live every Monday night around 7-ish, depending on the game time situation. Yes, Eric, right over there. Eric, we don't say your last name because no one can say it, apparently. Host oh. of the 3Up3Down Three Three podcast you can check about on Blue YouTube. Boy. And... Face of the franchise, star of the show, golden hey, child, number Thanks one out. in our heart hey. and soul, Doug McCain, You're too nice. host That's of you, the Dodgers man. dugout. Nice. And the post game nice. show, the DN post game show, which you can check out at youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. And uh, Doug is really good at it. You have a lot of fun
2: doing it, don't you, Doug? It's good times, good times. Thankfully, we won a lot, so haven't had too many meltdowns this year. The sky hasn't fallen uh, too many times, but, you know, get a little angry, get a little hostile, but it's always good times. My favorite ones are when things yeah. go
1: real bad and Doug has, to, Doug has to deal with the heat from, from Dave Roberts somehow. It, it is, The blame yeah. gets put on you a lot, and I respect that. Guys, let's jump right into it, because the Dodgers are very good right now, even when they're not very good right now. But things are happening. A lot of people going on the injured list, a lot of people moving around. One guy, a lot of fun to be at the stadium for this one this week because it seemed like no one knew what was happening with David Price, including David Price himself, when he asked if he was going to be activated, when asked if he was going to pitch, and he's like, I've been ready, I've been with the team, I've been here. So ask ask Dave Roberts, ask Andrew Friedman, which is never a great answer if you're a player in terms of relationships. With that being said, there was a report about him possibly being moved. There was a report about the Dodgers interested in giving him a chance to start elsewhere. That generally doesn't mean we love you and appreciate you. That generally means, like, you want something we don't have to offer to you. Let's just get you in the right place. So with that being said, what's the move for DP? You trade him, you keep him in the bullpen, you keep him on the COVID lists because apparently <laughs> that's just what they do these days. He was activated, still didn't pitch last night I imag- or uh, Tuesday answer. night. Am-
3: Answering instead.
1: That's a much better option. I imagine <laughs> he pitches at some point uh, Wednesday afternoon. What is the move with him? Where do we go from here? Doug, I'm going to let you lead us off on this one.
2: So I would say David Price is like my gym membership. It probably should be used more, right? I mean, when you look at this season, a one nine three ERA hasn't been terrible. They have to see if they can get him to be serviceable. And when you look at those injuries starting to pile up, Kane Lee's out. You're starting to see Blake Tryon's was already out. Kershaw's injury, and also the fact that if you move David Price, you're not going to get very much from him. You might get a used pair of rollerblades and a five dollar Subway gift card, something like that. Maybe you get a little financial relief and some low level prospects. But I think at this this point when you consider the depth issues last season i would hold on to david price to see if
3: he can be serviceable yeah. i really would that, that's where i'm at assuming you're leading to me next because i read the script this is a team that needs some length they need some starting pitching help because and we talked about it on monday Walker Buehler and Julio Urias got ran into the ground last season. Sure, they were great for most of the season, but they got ran into the ground last season out of necessity, and then all of a sudden, you go to the postseason, they were worn out, and the Dodgers did not make it to the World Series. If you're able to get a string of 10 starts out of David Price, four ERA, whatever, he doesn't need to be an ace, but he's a dude who has done it. You need help in the rotation. Uh, even if he's a six starter, if he's a piggyback guy, if he's an opener or whatever, you need something to make sure people like Kershaw don't hurt themselves going every fifth day or needing to pitch 30 games. And the same with Walker and Julio. If they're pitching 30 starts, that should be fine. Don't get them too much more. Worry about October and he helps. David Price helps with that. I'm reading this as writing on the
1: walls with everything that's happening, that he is going to be moved at some point by summertime. So with that being said, Eric, I'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit. Say, for instance, we happen to trade David Price to a team that needs a starting pitcher where he can actually go and start games. Do we get anything? Are we able to get rid of any of his contract? Or are we just eating it and taking whatever we can get?
0: I mean, I think you're eating it. I mean, they're only paying 16 mil of the 32. The Boston Red Sox have been kind enough to keep up the other half of that, so... I don't think you're going to get much back. I mean, you're going to get some low-level prospects uh, that we're all going to get overly excited about, and then we're going to realize that they've been in single A for the last five years. So I, I don't think you're going to get a ton with David Price, but it's a little frightening. There seems to be some division between the organization and DP just because this organization seems to always be in lockstep with all their players, including veterans that have pretty distinguished careers like David Price. It's pretty surprising to hear any
1: sort of like negative feedback from a player directly Mm -hmm. to a management system like that, especially with the Dodgers. We don't often hear it. They're pretty good at keeping it under wraps, keeping relationships tight, not really letting anything out. But here we are from the bottom of the basement all the way back up to the top. We got Freddie Freeman tearing the cover off the ball, posting a 160 WRC plus. Leads the team in F war. Uh, I mean... Dude's making $27 million a year, which is a lot of cash, a lot of money. Still but Now, bargain. now Still bargain. looking at this contract, uh, you know, f- almost 50 games into the season, now looking at this contract, can you make the argument that the dude is underpaid? Because you're looking at what he can do, the star power that he has, the ability to drive the ball the opposite field, play plus defense, everything that he does
0: says that he's underpaid. Eric, do you think that he should be making more money? I absolutely do not. I think Freddie Freeman is being paid exactly what he's worth, and I think if you want to make the argument that, the 27 mil in that final year the contract probably is not going to be worth it. You have an argument there. But the fact is, you, he's accurately paid. It's a free market system, I believe, in America. And look, <laughs> the fact that he's—so this is kind of a weird stat that I found. So of the top four highest paid first basemen, three of them are in the top three for first base at WRC+. That's Eric Hosmer, Goldschmidt, and Freeman. So he's being paid exactly what, what he should be paid. And look, Matt Olson's doing well as a replacement the Braves, but one thing to point out, last night's game, Tuesday night's game, excuse me, was the exact evidence of why you paid Freddie Freeman. He had three doubles. He went first to third. He went first to third on a single, and then he makes an incredible stretching play to get that double play. That's everything you need to know about why they paid for this guy. In Friedman Retrust, this is the exact amount of value that he has, and that's exactly what we're paying him, and that's why Freeman's the best executive in baseball.
1: That contract compared not compared added in with Mookie's contract and you have the best one-two punch in baseball for the next five to six years maybe depending on how things go with that Doug I want to kind of shift the question to you a little bit how much does that contract a positive for the entire stretch of it how long does this last how long is the honeymoon phase with us and Freddie Freeman does it last all the way till the end of it till he's done till he's done with the Dodgers
2: well, you look at his deal, and you consider the fact $27 million a year, signed that $162 million contract. But what were the Dodgers doing before they signed Freddie Freeman? They were trying to bring back Corey Seager. What did Seager sign for? $33 million. Look at Justin Turner. They're paying a 37-year-old Justin Turner $17 million this year, and he's going to be 37 at the end of his contract. So to me, he's a player who posed, he's durable. You mentioned a word I want to touch on, star power. He puts butts in the seats. He sells jerseys. You talk about the revenue that this franchise makes. They print money, and he leads the league in X chance. The Freddy, Freddy. Every time he steps to the plate, it is a moment. It's a thing at Dodger Stadium. And to me, it's a he, thing at other ballparks, too. It just is. to throw that in. Oh, yeah, 162 home games per year. But I think, it, look at <laughs> he has leads the league in doubles, tied with Matt Olson with 14, a 913 OPS. He has been as advertised. When you look at that $27 million contract, you're paying for the next three to four years when you're having him in a core with Mookie Best and trying to squeeze one or two World Series titles out of that. To me, I almost think like the Dodgers bought him in a baseball recession, coming <laughs> off of COVID, coming off the lockout. It almost feels like someone who bought a $30 million mansion in Beverly Hills that's now worth like $52 million. I think it's great value. I think Fleeceman, when Fleeceman once again with Andrew <laughs> Free, with uh, the Freddie Freeman siding, I think so far so good. I love the splits he did yesterday. give him a 10 on that. To me, it's a no-brainer, a great deal for the Dodgers.
1: I think my favorite thing from that was the fox thing where it's like the animal wakes up and big stretch. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, I love that. Freddie Freeman has proven time and time again to be a ball player. He's a guy that you want up there at the top of your lineup. He's a guy that you want leading your team. I'm going to give him probably two out of ten for his pregame dress because... Dude looks like a, a little nerdy out there, but you know what? I respect it. Hiding from the sun, keeping himself safe.
2: He always wears the Hunter Green Under Armour The Rock shirt. Yeah, I see every time. The sw- he wears the same exact thing after every mm-hmm. game. He sneaks back there. You know, I say, What's up, Freddy? But he doesn't look back or anything like that. What do you think uh, What
1: do you think he eats before the game?
2: Man, he looks pretty healthy. He looks pretty svelte, man. I mean, I think, but he also looks like maybe like some he's, big turkey legs and just digests he's, everything. He's a chicken boy. Yeah.
0: He's got to be a chicken boy. He just like chicken. Yeah. likes chicken. Everybody likes chicken. More nice. importantly, the best teeth in all of baseball. Yeah. Those are some big old chompers. Yeah, those chompers Jim Carrey's teeth just, from the mask, man. Yeah, I want, want to see that dentist. guy just mow down a bag of baby carrots. Yeah. I think he I could have. Just crush I
3: it. have a thought on the Freddie thing. You didn't think it was going to happen. I said it all off season that Freddie was going to happen, and then a lot of it is just hope. And then it happened and somehow the Dodgers lose Corey Seager. He's maybe not generational talent, but he's one of the better players in baseball. Corey goes and gets the bag and somehow the Dodgers got better with this batting profile. I mean, you look at a few opportunities that, that Freddie's been up there and you imagine Seeger in that same spot. Oh, that's a first pitch foul out. Instead of a long at bat or five a roll pitch over and, to first Or base. roll over yeah. to first base. Yeah, it's like look, you love Corey but God damn! This is what a hitter looks like. As Pay soon him as Corey he wants,
0: as soon as Corey Seager stopped driving the ball to the opposite field, it, he was done for me. That yeah. was it. I mean, I think Freeman probably already has more oppo singles than Seager did. In his yeah, entire no, Dodgers it's career. the ultimate. I have no stats to back that up. Corey also only has one double this year. Somehow,
2: only one double, seven yeah. bombs, but it's the ultimate Corey meme where he started on fire and then he. Whew, yeah, it's the ultimate where it's like Corey Seager, number five, upgrade key, Freddie Freeman, number five. He He's an upgrade as a hitter, his back-to-ball skills. Memes. So, look, I mean, using all fields, I mean, it's just been great seeing him at the top of that order get it done. I just have really enjoyed seeing him in the Dodger blue.
1: He's one of the only guys that you can look at in the batter's box and think, whoever's on the mound, regardless, he has a chance to get on base. Yeah. And that's the only guy in the lineup that you feel like that about, uh, especially at the start of the season when things aren't, weren't that well.
0: Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home.
1: home. Guys, we're almost 50 games into the season now. Going back to an argument that me and Eric had. (laughs) The Padres and the Giants, we both knew were going to be the two teams that were breathing down the Dodgers next, obviously. I went with the Giants as the team that was going to keep up, that was going to give us the hardest time again. They're still pretty close. I believe they're only two games back as of this, pod, as of this show release. Recording. Recording. Do you still feel – I don't know what your guys' original thoughts were because I don't remember, but whatever you do feel, do you think that it's still the same, Padres or Giants, one of the two? Clint – where are you feeling
3: about that? Well, we know it's going to be one of those two and, and yes, you know, the Padres are, I mean, they're doing all of this right now without Fernando Tatis, without the, the great But They got Robinson Cano. I ain't going to touch that one right there, but, uh, Listen, they're good. They were supposed to be a lot better last season, last season and then everything just fell apart. But their pitching staff's going to keep getting healthier. Uh, they got a lot of weapons over there, and they're, they're for real this year. And they've gone through some of the growing pains. You know, you look at what the Padres did the last couple of seasons. They were trying to copy the Dodgers. Every team is trying to copy the Dodgers in some way, shape, or form. And, and they reminded me a lot of them 2012, 2013, 2014 Dodgers. Just a lot of dumb little things rookie mistakes and just a bunch of dudes that hadn't really done enough postseason play, whether it be a triple A or anything like that. Now they're they're seasoned. They're getting there. They're getting a little bit better and they're gonna get a lot better with Fernando Tatis. Giants are good, Padres are better, Dodgers best
1: convenient how the uh Padres starting staff got better after they traded Chris Pattern. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Man. Weird. it's weird how that works out. They're also somehow looking to like get rid of uh Lamette. Like <laughs> I would really like to just have a flashback to like two years ago when everybody was, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so It yeah, was yeah. a good time among Padres fans. They're a little senile, but, you know, we respect you. Congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to being a fan. You're new here. Eric, how you feeling about it? I know you were all in on Padres being the guys to take us down, to give us a hard time. Has anything changed?
0: I flip-flop more on this than a corrupt city councilman. I flip-flop more on this than a Denny's pancake cook. He's wearing the flip-flops. I too. went to – I wear flip-flops. I'm all about flip-flopping on this particular topic. I said Padres to you two weeks ago. I said Giants. I'm surprised you didn't call me out for that, but thank I you. Mean, we don't uh, I'm back on the Padres chain. Look, the, the run diff <laughs> is a little fraudulent. They're only plus 19. The pitching's been middling. The offense has been passable. Um, but the big the big thing and the reason I was on the Padres is because Jace Tingle was far from an ace manager. I mean, that guy was an absolute rookie. I will never forget him getting tossed in game one of that Dodgers-Padres series. It's like, dude, you have a young rookie team that needs you right now in the playoffs. They need your leadership, and you got tossed. So bringing in Bob Melvin is really my biggest selling point. And is, to Clint's point, they're missing their best player. I know Machado's playing at an MVP level, but when they get Tatis back, and now they have Mackenzie Gore, their top pitching prospect who a lot of people are really excited about. He's pitched re- really well. I think the starting staff is dangerous, Now I'll end on if you did a draft of the top 10 starting pitchers in the NL West, I think you'd have four Padres in there right now. That starting staff has a lot of talent. I don't want to hype
1: up the Padres too much. I can't have their fans in my mentions again. Speaking of electric pitchers, on Tuesday night, we were treated to something that oh, was just oh-so-wonderful and oh-so-confusing if you were not watching the game. <laughs> Hanser Alberto gets in to pitch the ninth inning of a 12-2 ball game or something like that, a 10-run lead. You don't often see a position player pitching for the team that's up big. That doesn't happen a lot. So when it happened, I was kind of like, what the hell is happening when I was looking at the app? Eric, you were there to see it live. Congratulations. I envy you greatly. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight over the fact that I did not see it live. If there's one Dodgers player on this team that you would like to see pitch a relief inning, who would it be and why, Douglas?
2: Well, first of all, we got to get that campaign going. Cy Alberto, he had filthy stuff, saw that movement. I'm telling you, Hans Alberto, he is the answer, like you say, for this Dodgers bullpen. Maybe throw him in there. But for me, I would definitely go – so Will Smith, probably not Will Smith. He'll probably hit a bunch of guys, if you know what I mean. Will Smith likes to hit people. Um, Cody Bellinger's pitches Violent. might be a little high, and nice fade on his changeup. But I think I'm going to go with Mookie Betts because Mookie Betts can do everything. He can dunk a basketball. He can run routes like an NFL receiver. He can do the Rubik's Cube. I think he would go on the mound. I think he would go out there and shove. But if I can go back and pick last year's starter, my man Justin Turner, I would go JT, Google it, 0.00 ERA. More men have landed on the moon that have scored runs on Justin Turner, and I'm going with my man JT.
1: Clint, you're a big fan of uh, position players pitching. In one Russell Martin, your your lord and savior, your uncle, whatever you want to call him.
3: There's a reason. He's on a shelf uh, with all Dodger legends right there. You got zero ERA. Why not? Yeah. Current day, who's your guy? I like the JT train. I want to see him continue that that run of dominance, you know? Keep that that zero ERA. Give him like five, 17 innings this year. Why not? Yes. The new Shohei. The new
0: new two-way player. That's the guy right there. Eric, give me your thoughts on that. I want the craziest guy on the roster pitching. I want Austin Barnes, who's just unhinged. (laughs) Foaming at the mouth like a pit bull, he'd probably mf the umpire six times in his first three pitches. I want to see Austin Barnes bring that Riverside fury to the mound at Dodger Stadium.
3: I can imagine a little bit of Mike Fetters in him, like the, you know, he had that angry. Look up Mike Fetters, kids. It's a good time.
0: You're
1: old. I like huh? that pick. You I said like that you're pick. old. Thank you. It's a good pick. Riverside stand up. I re- I respect it. Uh, personally, I know you said that his changeup would you know fade a little bit, but I really would like to see Cody Bellinger out there on the mound just for the pure confusion Cody of like him being like, "How did I get here? Am I <laughs> supposed to be, be standing here? Do I stand on this white thing?" <laughs> uh, and then like him like yeah. throwing the ball in and getting hit, and him like looking around like. Oh,
0: he forgot how many yeah. outs there were last night yeah he, he yeah, caught he, a fly ball and started running to the dugout and they're like uh cody that's only two outs
1: he tends to do that he's uh he's not he's not always all there all the time the the skill the athleticism it's always there he's always locked in but uh the awareness sometimes it's not quite there guys yep. i appreciate you guys for being here thank you for helping us out with this thank you for your excellent commentary your expertise, Doug, is always appreciated. As well. Hey, man. And you're just beautiful face. Guys, if you want to help out the channel, <laughs> hit that subscribe button for us. Doug's there. You get to see him all the time. Uh, we are family, guys. Really helps out the channel. <laughs> Makes so us look good. Really, really helps out the channel, guys. We appreciate you guys for being here. And as always,
2: think blue, bleed blue, and we out.